0: There's no time for being nice or being chivalrous through the divorce process. These guys get destroyed in court. Uh, Women take advantage of laws and legislation that are written in their favor. It's why we see the suicide rates for divorced men are eight to 10 times higher than what they are for women. These guys are completely let down in a process and a system that they believed in. Richard Cooper. Richard Cooper. Richard Cooper. Red Pill Manosphere thought leader encouraging men to be better. Stronger, cooler, sexier, healthier, wealthier. Well, what's the best way to invest $5,000? And the answer to that is in yourself. Read some books. They're cheap. You can buy books for 10, 15 bucks. You, know, you can listen to them you, you know, while you're driving, while you're working out. But you know, success leaves clues. Pay attention to what successful people have done that, that, that you're interested in. If you're interested in entrepreneurship, read books from successful entrepreneurs. Rich Cooper, absolutely.
1: Honored to have you here in the Modern Warrior podcast, and a Modern Warrior you are. And uh, I have stumbled across your social media page some time ago. Love the work you do. I know you are a best selling author. You've had incredible success as well in other ventures, and looking forward to diving deep into all of those areas as much as we can within this time period. And when I came across your Instagram, first, I was drawn and intrigued with the tagline at the top of your page, which was to unplug from comforting lies with uncomfortable truths. I love that, man. I think so many men hide behind a barrier of lies in today's world. So I was also interested as to where that tagline came from why that tagline why that statement so has that come from personal experience were you living a life where you were plugged or hiding from the truth with comforting lies and if so what did that look like and how did you manage to break through
0: yeah i think we all subscribe to many of cultures government, schooling, religion, Hollywood, all of those comforting lies that they sell us. I mean, I think the first batch we all got was uh, with Disney, right? Prince, the princess, you know, the prince does the right thing. The princess falls in love with him into perpetuity until death do them part, blah, blah, blah. So I think a lot of us through our entire life have, have uh, you know, ego invested in a in a sequence of uh, comforting lies that, um, we like because they're comfortable and they're warm and they're fuzzy and they don't require a lot of work and they don't require a lot of thinking because that's what they uh, tell you to believe in, right? Um, and I guess the uncomfortable truth is the stuff that you have to confront, um, you know, the, the the real world, you know, the reality of the world that you have to operate in and make decisions in to get the things that you want. You want to make money? You're going to have to make some better decisions. You want uh, women or, you know, if you want to be spoiled for choice, you you know, as far as great women, you you know, you have to make some uh, uncomfortable choices and adopt some new beliefs. I think one of the uh, first areas that you start to notice as a young man or woman is when you pay attention to what they feed you on the television with uh, sitcoms. Uh, And I don't think it matters where you are in the world because I lived in the UK for a bit as well. But most of the stuff that you watch is, uh, you know, the father or the man that's the character in the film, You know, the TV show is a bumbling fool. They make fun of him. He's a goofball. He's the butt of all jokes. He's incompetent. Uh, Mom usually swoops in to save the day. Um, And it's always been that way. Like even the TV commercials growing up, oh, you know, your husband doesn't tidy up or he doesn't clean up. And we have this new product, which will solve your moronic husband's uh, idiotic problems. Uh, you know, so buy now because women make all the buying choices. So when you start to pay attention to all that, you realize, well, men aren't all bumbling idiots. We don't have to be self-deprecating. Masculinity is required. Uh, It's valued, especially in times of uh, difficulty or conflict or chaos. You know, so there's a lot of areas in life where a lot of lies have been fed to us that uh, don't work in the real world. And you were caught in that yourself? I think we all have been caught in that at some point. I definitely was for sure. Yeah. How did you manage to break free and, and break through? That barrier? Well, I was forced to because I've always I've been I've been an ownership guy for a long time. Right. If you're if you're not getting results out of life, I've I've never blamed the world for it. I've never blamed anybody but myself, the man looking back in the mirror at, at me when I'm upset, disgruntled, uh disappointed, is the guy that is to blame for the most part. So, you know, taking a look at the real world and taking ownership for it is it's it's freedom you know most people don't want freedom they don't want uh you know the freeing sense of the ownership because they like the victim mindset you see this throughout social media today everybody's moaning and complaining about some oppressed uh moment in their life and how they feel triggered about it and all this sort of stuff and if you don't use the right alphabet or pronouns you know in conversations with them or addressing them in an email they make a big stink about it but these are the softer weaker people out there that i tend to avoid so you know, when you are taking ownership, then you can take a look at your faults in your past, you know, the results that you've gotten and saying, okay, well, I got this because of the things that I did, or I got that because of the beliefs that I uh, had, or I got that because of the choices that I made that led up to it. And self-reflection and self-ownership, I think, is a lost art today. Uh, Few people have it. uh, And and those that do, and the ones that own it and utilize it are the ones that get the best results out of life today, I think.
1: Was there a a turning point there for you in that process? Did you reach the proverbial bottom of the pit before you started to make some changes or was it just a process that evolved over time?
0: Yeah, I think there was three things that contributed to me forcing myself to take a, a closer look at my life and what role I pay, played in the results that I got. Um, so I'll describe them for you quickly. So and I talk about these in my book in a little bit more detail, but I mean, the first was the notion of getting married and then untying the knot. My understanding has always been, and you know, from the conversations I've had, is you just untie the knot. You get a, a lawyer, you, you get divorced, and that's it. But unless you've gone through the divorce grinder or that or that particular uh, machine, you don't understand how fathers are treated in um, you know family court. So that was the first thing that sort of. Was a big uh, frying pan to the forehead moment. Second thing was I was dealing with uh, policymakers and legislators here in Ontario and Canada for a bill that they were introducing to uh, basically evolve the debt negotiation industry into something they thought was going to protect the consumer better. And I spent a couple of years and about $60,000 in uh, lobbying fees going back and forth with uh, government representatives for conservative, liberal, socialist uh, governments all having conversations with the critics for the bills, all telling me the exact same thing. Yeah, this bill needs revisions. We like the uh, recommendations that you've made. We can't pass it without these recommendations. And of course, they all lied and they passed the uh, bill with the um, recommendations that the banks and credit card companies made. There was an underlying joke where the lobbyists called it essentially a credit card profit protection bill. So I found that um, a, a massive disappointment because, um, you know, I put a lot of time, effort and energy into the uh, business and, and putting out language and proposed language that would of course serve the consumer better, which was all just cast aside. So I learned a lot about the government in that process. And then I think the third thing was after, um, all of that, my divorce was finalized. You know, I was dating this gal for about three years who was a single mom. She had a couple of kids from a prior uh, marriage and, um, you know, she betrayed me and lied to me and let me down in ways that I thought I couldn't be let down. And, you know, if you trust in a woman and you do the right thing, because they tell men and women different things. They tell women, do what's right for you, girl. They tell men, you do what's right. So that, that covert contract that I had in my head in all those areas just collapsed and it, and it forced me to deal with it because I had through those three different events, I guess, a, a stacking of, uh, stress or trauma or chaos, whatever you want to call it, and basically had you know, symptoms of PTSD, difficulty sleeping, focused productivity, waking up in the middle of the night, unable to fall back asleep. So it forced me to really take a, a close look at what the hell I was doing and what I believed in and what choices I was making based on those beliefs that got me the results that I got. So when I reverse engineered that process and I figured it all out, that's when I had that, that kind of like enlightening moment that um, you know, brought the clarity that I need. So when I talk about unplugging, that's what it is. It's, it's unplugging from all of these lies that we've been sold. Um, you know, that we've been told are good, are virtuous, are all the right things, and you see them for what they are. They're they're really not to serve you, your interests, or anything for you, for that matter.
1: Yeah, to take the divorce process and sort of unpack that a little bit, because I know it's something that a lot of men that I work with and a lot of men listening to this podcast are actually in the middle of at the moment or potentially pursuing at the moment, and they're caught in that shitstorm. What are some of the lies there that are holding them back from from freedom, from being able to move beyond this, this difficulty that you can take from your own experience.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of guys try to be the nice guy in the divorce process. And I think there's a time and place to be a nice guy. I mean, realistically, being a kind man is a better way to approach life because nice guys get uh, let down a lot. There's no time for being nice or being chivalrous through the divorce process. These guys get destroyed in court. Uh, women take advantage of laws and legislation that are written in their favor, and uh, they end up coming out uh, well on the other side. I mean it's why we see the suicide rates for divorced men are something like eight to ten times higher than what they are for women just because these guys are completely let down in, in a process and a system that they believed in, right you know you, you know you subscribe to marriage take your vows, you know, till death do us part. You have the reception, the party, the honeymoon, all that sort of stuff, the kids, the house. And then if that doesn't work out or if she wants to leave or if you want to leave, you you know, you think it's just a simple untying of that knot. You part ways and you keep what was yours and she keeps what's hers and you share custody of uh, kids, you know, if you have them together. Um, But that's not how it works. And seeing seeing the reality of the divorce process for what it is um, to enrich the mother, uh, while simultaneously putting the father through stress, uh, hell grinds, you know, You, you talk to anybody that's going through the divorce machine and what their expectations were versus reality of it afterwards. And it's a fascinating conversation with all of these guys. So preparing for it, if you're the one that wants to untie the knot, I think is a valuable uh, way to go about it. And I've got lots of information about there um, in my YouTube channel and my course on uh, stuff like that. But preparing for it is 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 probably one of the best things that you can do. Or at least if you're not the one that wants to un- untie the knot, you should at least see it coming. It should not be a random conversation on a Sunday afternoon where she comes up to you and says, Gavin, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I want to get a divorce. I'm taking the kids to my mom's get your stuff out of the house by the end of the weekend because that's what most guys end up with. So you should see that coming. You should see the writing on the wall. One of the um, leading indicators, by the way, for your uh, listeners right now is contempt. If a woman expresses contempt for you, the clock is generally counting down to the end of that relationship or that marriage. The the greater the contempt, the more frequent the contempt is for you, the higher the probability is that things will end sooner than later. But you've
1: been able to... Move beyond that divorce and that breakup, and you're now in a,
0: in a healthy relationship? Yeah. Uh, things in my life were fantastic. You know, there were some difficulties after the divorce. There were some difficulties after dealing with the, the notion of a one-itis. You know, some guys get this uh, unhealthy attachment to one woman. Um, you know, I genuinely had that after I got divorced to so that uh, gal that was a single mom. So getting your head squared away around how to interact with the opposite sex, how to interact in business, how to interact with generation of wealth and money and things like that. All of these yeah. things, when you update these beliefs, you start to find contentment and uh, calmness in your life. And you see things for what they are. You know, the notion of seeing the code in the matrix, um, you know, if you've ever seen the movie, you know, The Matrix with uh, you know Keanu Reeves and the character Neo and all that sort of stuff. And you see those little numbers and ones and zeros scrolling down. That's kind of how, you know, things operate for you once you understand what's happening and why they're happening that way and how you can respond to them.
1: You've been able to also use that information in terms of your financial health and your financial management and gaining financial freedom, which is uh, an incredible feat. Yeah. What are some of the key lessons there that most of the listeners today wouldn't be aware of because they haven't had the... uh, the resources or the information available to them that you can derive from your own experience to share with them today to gain financial freedom in their own lives?
0: Yeah, I think there's six solid paths to wealth today. Um, wealth creation methods, you know, if I can put it that way. There There's C-suite jobs, so CEO, CT, uh, CTO, CFO, COO, you know, things like that. Anything that's chief something officer, licensed professionals, doctors, lawyers, uh, financial planners, um, you know, things like that. Uh, the third one is anybody with uh, the ability to command an audience. So that could Im- include influencers, actors, musicians, athletes, stuff like that. If you have the attention of people, you can get paid quite a lot of money. The next one is high-end sales. Um, I'm not talking about selling stereo equipment like I did in high school for you know a couple of bucks and extra commission uh, because commission is a percentage of the value of the uh, product. So selling jets, selling yachts, anything that's expensive. Anything in science, technology, and en- engineering, math can usually pay well. I've I've had many uh, consults with uh, clients of mine that work for the fan companies, you know, Facebook, Amazon, uh, Netflix. You know, that group where th- they're in, uh, you know, engineering or they're doing some sort of programming work, and they can make seven, eight, hundred thousand dollars a year. And then the last one, which happens to be my favorite, which is entrepreneurship. Uh, not everybody's cut out for it, but one of the uh, leading indicators that you are cut out for it is that you probably got shit grades in school. Uh, you're generally, you know, disagreeable. You like seeing things done your way. You're perhaps manic. Um, you know, these are some of the things that you can do to make a lot of money. What you shouldn't be doing if you want to make a lot of money is getting a job, which is an acronym for just over broke A job and doing that for the rest of your life or doing versions of that for the rest of your life, because that'll, that'll never get you to where you want to go. That'll, gets you to a life of average, you know, generally speaking. And, um, you know, average for some people might be 30000 a year, might be $90,000 a year, but it doesn't allow you to, to participate in an economy and a lifestyle that gives you ultimate freedom.
1: Those who are plugged into, conditioned, or conditioned into how to operate in society, working the 95 job and working towards a pension that they may never get the opportunity to enjoy, what sort of message or communication can be used to give these men a bit of a wake up call to become unplugged or unstuck in those situations because it's something that's been ingrained in their lives from a very early age from the first day they went to school you know that's when the conditioning begins so you could be trying to undo 30 plus years of of learning trying to unlearn what you've learned what what are some of the the key factors to to take a step away from this comfort towards an uncomfortable but yet more satisfactory and
0: more fulfilling life i think anger is a legitimate response in the face of an injustice so when you're looking at your paycheck your bank balance your relationship with women with friends you know whatever it happens to be if it's not where you want it to be if you're not getting the results that you want or that you plan for or that you even ego invested in You know, because we create covert contracts in her head. You know, one of the ones that guys usually do with women is if I'm a nice guy and I treat her well and I buy her things and I get her flowers on Valentine's Day and birthday and all this sort of stuff, she'll never, ever do me wrong, right? So once you see these covert contracts in your head violated and she breaks them, she starts banging uh, Kevin from the sales team in her office. Um, You know, you go and do the work for your boss, you work the extra time, uh, you you know, you put in the extra uh, effort and work and you have to fight tooth and claw to get two or 3% as far as an annual pay rise, you know, sort of thing. Once you start getting mad at that sort of stuff and then doing something about it, which is which is the important part, not just getting mad, but doing something about it and trying to figure out why. That's when things get better for you. That's when you start getting the freedom that you're looking for because now you're acting on it. Problem is, is most people just stay in a state of perpetual anger. I don't understand why women keep, you know, cheating on me. I don't understand why I can't get the promotion or, you know, the money that I want to get paid. That's where things go incredibly uh, poor for guys. And they just go through this perpetual cycle of spinning their wheels, right? They don't go anywhere.
1: Yeah, I've been there a self-pity party that you get mm-hmm. stuck in and then eventually something comes around that absolutely floors you and sends you to the bottom of the pit. And then that's when you've got a decision to make and at least that's how it's been from my experience. It seems like it's been something similar for you. And I've asked this question several times when it comes to personal growth or personal changes or significant changes in your life. Does it require the bottom of the pit in order to start? making changes to your life?
0: No, it doesn't. But for most people, it does. So I'll elaborate on that. It doesn't require hitting rock bottom to make a change in your life. But hitting rock bottom is usually the catalyst for most guys, you know, that chaos in their life that forces them to reflect and take a look at the man in the mirror, looking back at them and holding that guy accountable. That's usually when they'll do it is when the chaos hits their life.
1: It's difficult for these people to hold themselves accountable. They usually need someone else to keep them accountable until they can be accountable to themselves. So based on your own experience and your own journey towards becoming the man you are today and and towards creating the incredible success you've you've, uh, cultivated today, who did you bring into your life or how did you find those people in order to accelerate your progress here?
0: You know, I think that the right people come into your life by osmosis if you keep the wrong people out. So I'm going to flip that question around 180 degrees and, and, and say, don't worry so much about attracting the right people in your life or going out there and finding the right people. I think it's more important to repel the wrong people, the wrong events, the wrong circumstances, you know, the wrong men, the wrong friends, the wrong women, all of those things, and staying well away from them so that you create that vacuum to allow excellence and greatness to enter into your life as you go and chase that you know, yourself in your own life. Because as men, we should be out there putting a small dent in the universe. We should be doing something of some significance. And when you're on that path, when you're on that purpose, even if you're looking for that path or that purpose, you're not going to allow losers, manipulative time wasters, uh, low value women to occupy your free time and your resources.
1: And then when you get there, when you've created the success, you've got the results, how do you avoid the complacency creeping in?
0: Well, I think in nature, there's only two natural states. It's either growth or death. You know, like trees, you know, for example, trees are always growing. And once they stop growing, then they're dying. Right. Um, We had these, uh, I can't remember what the breed of tree was. I think it was an ash tree or something like that. But we had these Asian beetles that were infestating a lot of the trees here in uh, Toronto. And uh, you started to see parts of the tree die off. Branches would die off, entire trunks would sort of you know, not not throw off leaves anymore. And that was an indication that the tree was dying and that was the end of it. And that's when the city would come in and, you know, take it down and get rid of it because they didn't want the beetles to uh, spread. So I think, you know, with anything in life, you know, you can observe that and take that lesson and understand as a human, as a man, you're either growing in life and you're moving forward. You're on a pursuit. You've, you know, you've got a grind, you're on the, the uh, chasing of excellence, you know, for example, or you're not. And in that case, if you're just sitting back doing nothing, then you're dying, you know, we all die, you know, there's an end for all of us. So at the end of the day, yeah, you know, we're all dying. It's just, is that, is that here or is it way down over there? And if you're doing the work on yourself, it's way down over there always.
1: What do you continue to do now in your life that instills further growth and and progress for you personally?
0: You know, that's a great question. I've spent a lot of time um, thinking about that over the last couple of years because I've got a very public life on YouTube now and social media since 2014. So it's been almost 10 years. And even prior to that, I, I didn't hide, you know, who I was. I've always used my real name. I don't, I mean, there's nothing in my past that's a problem for me. I've, I've been a very successful entrepreneur running the businesses that I've had. So I think that there's there's always work to be done. But for me, it's it's, you know, it's looking at what have I put out there? How can I improve the message? Is there, is there a belief that I had that I subscribed to that no longer serves me? Or that was a lie, you know, that I need to unplug from, you know, myself. And if anybody's followed me closely during that time and through that journey, they've seen me talk about very different things. They've seen me evolve my, uh, you know, my core beliefs and the choices that I've made but there's always been one thing that's been consistent with me. I've always chosen to move forward. I've always chosen to go up. I've never chosen to sit back and lay down or do nothing. Call it quits. I've always chosen to move on. So I think making that choice is something that we all control, you know, within ourselves. How how we get out of bed every morning because we all get out of bed, you know, like we're all lying down And we all get out of bed at some point and our feet hit the ground. It's like, what do we do now that our feet have hit the ground with our day, with our week, with our month, with our year? What are we doing with that time, right? And moving forward with it and being intentional about it and improving and looking for, you know, solutions to problems that you might have in your life and connecting with like minded people, uh, being useful to other people. I think one of the great mistakes that guys mostly uh, make is they're like, hey, Rich, you know, I love your stuff. Watch your videos. Uh you know, can I have 15 minutes of your time to pick your brain sort of thing? And it's like, no, I, I I don't have time for everybody that asks me for that. I have a great book, which, which summarizes just about everything you need to know for 10 bucks. I've got hundreds, sorry, not even hundreds. I think there's 1500 free videos on my YouTube channel, which, which amplify and uh, talk about problems and solutions and, you know, things that guys are dealing with. Um, you know, we should be coming to each other with, uh, help, you know, rather than solve my problems, help me out, you know, give me some advice, mentor me sort of thing. No, you need to show up and be useful to somebody's life before you can ask them for something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. What have been some of those opinions that have changed or what has been the, the the greatest
0: one that perhaps you've you've let go of? Well, I think early on, you know, believing that women are sugar and spice and all things nice because they're not you know, women are just women and they have evolved firmware, which uh, they operate on, which is designed to protect them and their children and, you know, their survival and all those sorts of things. So, you know, when you let go a lot of these uh, beliefs and lies that you have, that you can see them, you know, for what they really are. You don't just see them as something that's pretty and smells nice. Um, There's a lot more moving parts and there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle too, right? Like, you know, you hear words out there like solipsism or hypergamy And, you know, people think, oh, well, women are just hypergamous. So they only want, you know, the most uh, successful, richest jacked guy that they can get. Okay. Yes. But that's dependent on many things, their age, where they are in their life. Did they get married young? Do they get married older? Do they have children? Do they want children? Um, Do they have money? Do they not have money? Have they been with a lot of guys? Have they not been with a lot of guys? You know? So it's a multi-piece puzzle for a lot of these things. And the and these are some, some of the areas that I fully understand that I, you know, spend time with my clients one-on-one when we're dealing with this sort of stuff. But from an overview, understanding the basic nature of the way the world operates in all areas, I think is fundamental to anybody's success and happiness, because otherwise you're always going to be perpetually frustrated and angry at things because you don't get what you want. So as much as your opinion about women has changed,
1: what's what's been yeah.
0: the biggest change you've identified within yourself? Acceptance and surrender. Yeah. Because I mean, like, you know, I'll give you an example of a conversation I had with my girlfriend a few years ago. She said something to the uh, regard of, I think it was, do you trust me? I can't remember what, what it was that we were talking about, but, you know, she came up with the presented question of, Hey Rich, you know, do you trust me sort of thing? And I, and I pondered on it for about half a second and I came back with, well, I trust you to be a woman. Right. And that, You know took us down another path in a different sort of conversation and it wasn't negative or positive it's just the reality of of what that dynamic is right so the surrendering to the reality of the world i think is difficult some guys go nihilistic they go uh very negative you know they have a negative approach towards things and some people listening to this right now might even argue oh this guy rich is negative i can't listen to him well if you walked up a couple of miles in my shoes, you'd see what a fantastic life I have and what a great relationship I have with my girlfriend and my family and the friends that I roll with and the things that we do. I mean, I only showcase some of that on social media, uh, but the sorts of stuff that I talk about and the dialogues and the podcasts that I host, uh, they work and I live them, you know, myself. And, you know, I try to hold out as often as I can that they're also working for me and the guys that I work with as well. Um, So you know contemplating an alternative if what you're doing doesn't work it's something that you should think about you know we used to um you know my background is from uh credit instruments because i used to work in uh, credit collections and i had my own debt settlement business and one of the comforting lies that your customer subscribes to a lot of the times is we'll just do what the banks and credit cards tell you to do and most of the time that just relies on, well, you know, if you get a statement, pay it. And if you can't pay it, just make the minimum monthly payment and just make the minimum monthly payment for as long as you can because that's what's required of you. And then you get these guys calling in and you just say to them, well, have you seen the balance come down on your statement in the last six to 12 months? Well, no. So everything you're paying is only going towards the interest. Well, yeah. Well, how's that working out for you? Well, it's not. Okay, so here's an option for you, which will get you on a path to total debt freedom. Is was also the name of the company. Let's get started, you know, sort of thing. So it's like, you know, but they, but they really struggle with letting go of those past covert contracts and ego investments and lies, right? So it's a bit of work to unplug, guys. You know, like we were talking about earlier, I think it's chaos that drives them to the realization, difficulties, sadness, hurt, pain, um, any number of those things or any combination of those things force guys to take a look at their life and their world and 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 say okay this is this is not doing it for me what else is there out there like where are some answers you know, yeah to this? And i
1: think you touch on very two of, two of the very important aspects of man's life which is relationship and money their wealth so when it comes to their wealth let's say there's some guy listening to this today where he's got five thousand dollars or five thousand euro in his savings account where is that best invested at this point or is that too much of a, a loaded question to answer? Is it because I'm pretty sure your response would not be would not be to leave it there in your savings account.
0: Yeah, leaving it there in your savings account is about the worst thing that you can do because inflation's going to eat away at it and it'll be worth nothing in 20, 30 years. But that's the path that most people choose. The vast majority of the population choose to put it in some index fund or they'll put it in some high interest savings account or GIC or they'll get into metals and gold bars and silver and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, some of those things are worth looking at to diversify yourself. But, you know, the question of the $5,000 asking me that now is a very different man that you're going to be talking to uh, versus what I was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, right? Um, back then it would be, well, what's the best way to invest that $5,000? And the answer to that is in yourself, because $5,000 isn't going to do shit for you in the long term. 100000 $500,000. Now we're talking about making some real money. So why don't you take that $5,000 invested in yourself, read some books. They're cheap. You can buy books for 10, 15 bucks. You know, you can listen to them, you, you know, while you're driving, while you're working out, but you know, success leaves clues, pay attention to what successful people have done that, that, that you're interested in. I mean, if you're interested in medicine or being a surgeon, then I would study people that have done that and, you know, read their literature. If you're interested in entrepreneurship, read books from successful entrepreneurs Uh, you know, and biographies sort of thing. And, you know, from there, then you start to develop it forwards and you maybe buy some courses on um, understanding the dynamics around things. Like I have a course called the School of Entrepreneurship, where I teach people the best ways to start a business and and make real money. Um, You know, you can buy courses on um, any number of things for not a lot of money. You know, with $5,000, you can invest that very well in yourself. You know you can attend conferences and uh, meetups or join a community where there's other guys in there where you're not the smartest man in the room. You always want to put yourself in rooms where you're not the smartest guy in the room. If you're the smartest guy in the room, get out of that room. You're wasting your time. The
1: difficulty for all these men is that they
0: may not see an immediate
1: return on that money. So what would your response be to something like that? And it, it, it sort of comes under the umbrella of patience having patience in order to achieve the the result or achieve the destination or achieve the goal and again this can be taken from your own experience in mm-hmm. terms of your your progress and the wealth and success you've accumulated how do you how did you manage or how did you negotiate
0: the the pain perhaps of patience did you ever hear about the marshmallow test so they did this study on uh, children they followed them for a good 20 30 years of their life afterwards and they would offer a a bunch of children, one marshmallow, and they would say, you can have this one now, or you can wait 15 minutes and you can have two marshmallows. And then they tracked the success levels of these children throughout their life. And wouldn't you know it that the kids that had the ability to delay gratification and wait for the second marshmallow always did better in life. Hands down, every single time, without question. Delaying gratification in your life is a lost skill. And you know, like society, culture, the government, financial institutions, they've, they've, they've all played a part in taking this away from us. Like when my granddad, uh, you know, my folks are from England. So when my granddad would want a sweater for Marks and Spencer, you know, he would, you know, he told me that he used to go, uh, you know, the store with his uh, his pay and he would make a installment payment on, on layaways, basically. What they would call it, and after he made you know the payments for it in full, and then he could go to the store that final day, make the final payment, take the sweater home sort of thing uh today it's just buy it on credit or 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 even worse, you know we see these young men today in the United States that are disgruntled and upset with their lives to the point where they just walk into stores and steal stuff right um you know there's no effort put into their lives, and there's no consequences either you know we're not seeing law enforcement um enforce any of the shoplifting laws like when I was a kid if you shoplifted it, it was a real problem like I had a cousin that shoplifted I don't know some lipstick or an eyeliner or something like that and you know she got hauled away by the cops her parents got a phone call you know she got lashings you know sort of thing um it never happened again but you know today we've got a society and that culture that's entirely comfortable with wanting things now and demanding things now because they deserve it. Wow, poor me. I got to have it all right now. I don't want to wait for it. I don't want to work for it, right? You know, before where you'd have 24-month installment periods for a car loan or for a lease, they now go for 86 months, over 100 months now. That way, people that can't afford the payments can't afford it because they just stretch out the payment period to make it longer to lower the installments. So, you know, rather than people learning how to dunk the basketball in the net, what we're doing in society is we're lowering the basketball net every year, every decade, to make it easier and easier for people um, to accomplish the goals that they want. It's not, you know, wishing things were easier. It, you know, it should be wishing that you were better and actually doing the work to become better is what it boils down to.
1: If we take that marshmallow concept, the kids in the room there knew that another marshmallow would arrive if they would just wait. For 15 minutes. Do you believe that there's some sort of narrative out there at the moment that people cannot achieve if they remain patient? That there's a lack, there's a whole lack of uh, self belief or narrative of a lack of self belief out there at the moment that is perpetuating the circumstances that are creating this lack
0: of delaying gratification. Well, everything out there wants, wants you to have it immediately. You know, it's lying to you. The banks and financial institutions have adopted taglines that sound something like you've got way more money than you think. So go borrow, go, you know, go spend money on this, uh, make 106 months you know, worth of uh, payments on, on something. That's a choice. You know, you don't have to do that. You don't have to demand things like anything with any value. Anything that you have that you admire, that you enjoy, that has any value to it, takes great effort. And we're stripping away the effort. You know, we don't, we don't want to make the effort. There's no first, second place uh, trophies anymore. Everybody gets a participation ribbon in many sports, um, especially at the younger levels, right? It's only the more senior levels where there's still clear competitiveness, where it's like, okay, this is the... This is the best football team or the best footballer, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, that's that's clear on professional levels. And I think a lot of people still see that and understand that that exists. So believing that if you just hold your hand out and hope, like that's another one that I see a lot of is people have hope. They're like, well, if I just hope for things or if God wills it or if I can manifest that. you know, that's another one of my favorites, too, is the uh, woo-woo energy crystal you know, gals out there that are like manifesting uh, experts or manifesting uh, gurus or whatever it is that you want to call them that will just teach you how to manifest the guy that you want or to manifest the job that you want. No, it doesn't work that way. That's not how the world works. You get what you've worked for. Sure. Luck and preparation has a role in all that, but you get out of life what you work for.
1: Yeah. the Manifestation is an interesting one. It's a a buzzword and a an ongoing trend at the moment that seems to be catching on quite severely. And uh, I think the manifestation is more of a investment in yourself, manifest in yourself. Like you mentioned earlier about taking that $5,000 or 5,000 euro, 5,000 pound and put that into into yourself to be, to manifest or to become a better version of yourself. And as that happens, better things will come your way as you build your confidence and your Mm -hmm. capabilities to take on new challenges and Opportunities or creating new opportunities in your life. We agree. I love what you're doing, man. I'm inspired by your message. I'm inspired by the journey you've been on. And uh, thank you for all you do. Thank you for actually taking what you've done, taking what you're doing and putting it out there, going through the effort of uploading all those videos on YouTube and your social media content and your books and everything else, because this is very easily something you could keep to yourself and continue living a a very private life, but I appreciate your publicity. So yes, from myself and from the audience as well, I'm sure, thank you for all you do. But again, where can the good people of this podcast find your good self and reach out to you potentially or grab your book or invest in one of your courses? So let us know, please. Yeah, I
0: think the best place to start is probably just my website, which is richcooper.ca and you'll find everything from there. Rich, this has been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Stay strong. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it.